Thanks for joining us. We love getting to share the message of God's grace with the entire world. If his message has impacted your life, would you share your testimony with us by emailing it to stories at graceorlando.com. We love to hear what God is up to. You can also give in support of this ministry by going to our website and clicking on the give button at graceorlando.com. Thanks again. How you guys doing? Hey, that's pretty good. A lot of, lot of noise in the middle here, but that's, that's par for the course. Hey, uh, I get to introduce to you your guest speaker this morning. By the way, I've been, uh, I've been through a couple surgeries over the past couple weeks. I am on the mend, okay? So I'm feeling a little bit better, but uh, not quite there yet. Uh, we get this morning to hear from, uh, well, it's one of my favorite departments in the entire church. It's the children's department because that's where I came from. And I, I, I know there are so many things. I'm telling you guys what. Tell, I tell you guys what. Uh, if, if <laughs> I'm getting better. Uh, if, if, if you've never been back there, you, you have to go. You've got to go back there and work with the kids sometime, maybe when all the pandemic stuff's over with. But you've got to get back there and, and, and see what God says through these little ones. If you've never heard a little kid say something that's just profound, you will hear it back there. Uh, these guys blew my mind away. But Leslie does such a fantastic job every single Sunday, and I want to give her an opportunity to come encourage us this morning. So help me welcome Leslie Chambers. Perfect. Thank you. All right. So about a week ago, I had a dream. I never remember my dreams, so this was very unusual for me to remember. I was standing up here with Javen, and he was introducing me, kind of like we just did. And as he was talking, I was absolutely not listening to him at all, because in my dream, I realized that the only thing I had prepared was my opening line and absolutely nothing else after that. So he finished. He gave me the microphone, I said my uh, opening line that I had prepared, and talked for 30 minutes about what I have absolutely no idea. So this morning, here's to dreams not coming true, all right? In order to shake off that horrible feeling um, that dreams like that can leave you with, I have a few jokes. Um, Feel free to whisper the answer to your neighbor if you think you know them. I did give these, I did uh, tell these to the kids last week, and I want you to know that they got most of them. So here we go. Let's give you a shot. All right. What has hands but cannot clap? A clock. You got it. What is easy to get into and hard to get out of? Trouble. Very good. Oh, Barbara, you were there last week. You're a cheater. All right. Calling her out in front of everybody. All right, what is so fragile that the moment you say its name, you break it? Silence. You guys are good. All right, and, la oh. and last but not least, what is something that when you have it, you want to share it, but the moment you share it, you lose it? A secret. You guys are good. Nice. I like it. All right. So while I love a little wordplay, I'm not someone who has this great, big, vast vocabulary that I use all the time. In fact, I remember when I heard someone use the word cacophony for the first time, I thought they were making it up. In my mid-20s, I spent a summer in Romania and we were using the Bible to teach stories to the Romanians who speak Romanian. We were telling the story of Noah's Ark. And in the curriculum that we, we were using, they used the word deluge to describe the rain. 
I had no idea what a deluge was. I'm from Central California. We get less than 10 inches of rain a year. I know what irrigation is, but I had no idea what a deluge was. So that's why today we are going to talk about three little words, words that I can handle. Now, Around here, we love words, don't we? We like words um, like grace and faith and love that we can dig into and discover. Big words like righteousness and justification and sanctification don't intimidate us at all. We've got those. In fact, words are so important that in his gospel, John names Jesus the word, right? And that's what we call our Bibles, the word. But before I tell you what my three little words are today, words that I chose on purpose because you'll bump into them just about every day, I want to give you a bonus word before we start. I know bonuses are normally at the end, right? But this one's so good, I wanted to give it to you at the beginning. As some of you may know, about a year ago, I chose Luke 2.52 to be part of our Grace Kids mission. Luke 2.52 says, Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man. And I thought, if that's how Jesus grew up, that's a pretty good way for our kids to grow up too, right? A year later, I'm more grateful for this verse than I can, I, I can imagine. I, it, it just it blows me away, and it continues to do so. It brings me hope in ways that I absolutely did not expect. Here it is. If Jesus was God, right, if he was God, if he was in the beginning with God, if he's omniscient like we talked about a few weeks ago, if he knows everything, if that Jesus as a human had room to grow in wisdom, in stature, which is maturity and the ability to make age-appropriate decisions, right? If he could grow like that, if, if Jesus could grow in grace, in favor, then there's hope for me. And guess what? There's hope for my kids, and there's hope for you. And there's hope for your kids. If Jesus could grow in wisdom and maturity and grace, so can we. It's like taking a deep breath of hope, right? But recently, I discovered that the word grow in this verse has a special picture associated with it that brings yet another layer of encouragement for me. Luke 2.40 and 2.52 are similar. Luke 2.40 says this, Jesus continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And as we've seen, Luke 2.52 says Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and in favor with God and man. They sound familiar, right? Luke actually uses two different words for our one word, grow, here. It's like the word love. We all know that uh, the Greeks used uh, four different words to, to express and describe love, where we use just one. We say things like, I love jalapeno chips. I love my kids. I love my husband. I love God. We say it all in the same breath. 
but they would have used four different words for that. Can you imagine being a scholar 2,000 years from now and trying to figure out what we mean when we say, I love, right? They're going to have a hard time. So in Luke uh, 2, 40, uh, the word grew there is just exactly what you think. It's like a child or a plant that's growing bigger. But in verse 52, he uses a different word that we translate grow. It's one that's associated with blacksmiths. And it means to lengthen out by hammering. Here's a quick picture of what lengthening out by hammering looks like. I've been started to draw out this metal here, and you can see how this is how thick it is, the rebar, and it's getting thinner towards the end there. So that's drawing out. Just hammer and flatten it. And to keep hammering and flattening it, and draw it out to the thickness that you want. That is how Jesus grew in wisdom and in maturity and in grace. This word is obviously perfect for how a carpenter's son would grow up. And the visual connection to the reality of the hammer and the nails in the cross gives me goosebumps. But there's one more piece of this that I don't want us to miss that I think God just encourages us with. This picture shows that Jesus knew what it meant to be hammered out by life. And we've all experienced human hardship, haven't we? Coronavirus, bam. Pay cuts, bam. Bills, bam. Indiscretions, illnesses, injustices, bam, bam, bam. I feel like I'm in a Flintstones episode, right? With bam, bam there going, all right? Knowing Jesus understands the hammering out of this life offers me hope. Knowing that he grew in it offers me hope and encouragement. And whatever you're going through, whatever I'm going through, he knows it and he grew from it. All right, I skipped a page. (laughs) His wisdom, maturity and grace forged by heat and hammering accompanied him to the grave and to the cross and out of the grave. Who knew such a little word like grow had so much meaning? Speaking of a little word, let's go ahead and get on with our three little words for today. How many of you get super frustrated when you see that little spinny thing come up on your computers, right? You know what I'm talking about. You don't know what to do about it. It's just spinning, 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 and you're like, ah, right? That's how I feel sometimes with fear, insecurity, and loneliness. I feel like I'm spinning, and it's just going nowhere except for around and around and around. My hope is that these three little words that I'm going to give you today will be tools that will help you. Like if you were to jam a stick into the wheel of a bicycle, right, as it spins and it stops it cold. You'll never find these words on a Word of the Day app. They're too small. They're everyday words you use and probably rarely think about. One's an adverb, one's a preposition, and you only need seven letters of the English alphabet to spell them. They're little. My three little words are so, from, and in. 
I told you they were little. All right, but they add so much to the words that they're attached to. Let's go ahead and start with so. So is an adverb. All right, I promise I'm not going to go too far into this, but so is an adverb. And if you remember, adverbs modify verbs or they describe verbs. In Grace Kids, we recently learned John 3.16 and 1 John 4.11 together in this way. We learned them like this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. If God so loved us, then we ought to love one another. All right? We learned it like that. Hopefully the kids will remember. Did you hear the so's? God so loved the world, and he so loved us. When Isaac and Molly were little and just beginning to talk, we'd ask them, how big is Isaac? Or how big is Molly? And they'd say, so big. Did you guys do that with your kids? Well, God so big loves us. The so intensifies the love. So also means in this manner. For God so in this manner loved the world that he gave his only son. He demonstrated his love for us in that while we were yet still sinners, he gave us his son. Thinking of giving Isaac and Molly in that manner blows my mind. I can't imagine giving them over to what Jesus experienced. But you know what the really, really good news is? I don't have to imagine it because God did it and because Jesus finished it and because all I have to do is believe it. So shows the intensity and the manner in which God loved us. And if God so loved us, then we also ought to love one another. Love and nothing else should guide us in the way that we treat one another, in the way that we love one another. When it comes to other humans, we all experience um, fear and insecurities. Whether that's the fear of the unknown in others or the fear of being known by others, right? But trusting in God, trusting in him helps us answer questions like, why, why are they like that? Why did they do that? What if they found out? What if they discover that I'm not enough? Trusting in God so loves the world stops those wheels from spinning because we can remember just how much he loves us. His so big love gives us the peace and the rest and the freedom we need to treat others in a wise, mature, and gracious way. When we're tempted to be judgy, we can stop because God so loved others. When we're tempted to isolate, we can stop because God so loved us. So, that was so. 
Now we're moving on to from and in, which are both prepositions. And now you're going to find out what an absolute geek I am because I'm going to say something that'll blow your minds when I say prepositions are my favorite. I love prepositions. They add so much. All right? Prepositions are connector words that are all about position. All right? Let's look at from first because did you hear it? Prep, position, prep. Okay, anyway, I'm supposed to stay, we're going to start with from. I'm going to start with uh, from. I'm supposed to stay six feet from you, right? I'm supposed to stay away six feet from you. From is my position in the beginning, and away from you over there, that's your position, right? 2 Corinthians 3.18 was a verse that I tripped over as I was discovering grace. Let's read it, and I'll show you how the word from helped me. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, here's where I tripped, are being transformed. Wait a minute. Are being transformed... I thought we have been, past tense, transformed. This seems to be in the present tense. It seems to be like a process. Am I in a process? Can I mess up the process? Do you hear the wheels spinning? I had to figure it out. While being transformed, as I came to learn, is in the present tense, it's also in a tense that the English does not have. It's called the passive tense, and it means that the subject, so the we, the us, um, are not doing the action, but we are receiving the action. So the action of the transformation is being given to us. Got it? That helps me. It's not from me. It's a gift. But the fact that it was in the present tense still had me like, ah, I'm not sure how this works. Then the word from pretty much jumped off the page and hit me in the head, and it helped me. Let's keep reading. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit, from denotes position. As believers, we are from glory. And glory, in case that's a word that kind of freaks you out a little bit, glory means God's good opinion. When we look in the mirror, we can see we are from God's good opinion. Anyone plagued by self-doubt or insecurity, which I may or may not know about personally, can look in the mirror and use the word from as a tool to stop the self-doubt and insecurity spinning. You are enough. You're enough. You have God's good opinion. You're there and you're going there, right? Glory From glory to glory. And doesn't that help us with others too? Either we need to see that people need to receive for God so loved them, 
or they need to see, or we need to see that they are from glory. In Christ, we start from glory, which, I don't know if you heard it, but in Christ leads me to my last little word for the day, which is in. In is this little tiny word that is packed with a ton of power. Last story about Isaac and Molly. When they were little and still growing, they began to learn about prepositions themselves. And this is when I developed a love for prepositions. We were teaching them how to clean their room and pick up after themselves. And I would tell them to magically get their laundry basket and to put their clothes in the laundry basket, not near the basket, not around it, not behind it, beside it, above it, or below it. No, no, no. They were to put their clothes in the laundry basket, right? So John 17 is a written record of a conversation, a prayer that Jesus had with his father on the night before he was arrested. In John 17, 19 through 23, Jesus uses the word in eight times, four verses, eight times. That's a lot of the word in. And I'm thinking that maybe Jesus thought it was important for us to understand our position right in him. Let's read what it says here in John 17. For their sakes, that's the disciples and us, I Jesus is talking, sanctify myself that they themselves may be sanctified in truth. So what he's saying there is true. And I want to pause here for just a second to connect with something I said earlier. That um, may be sanctified, right? May be sanctified. We kind of hear that and we kind of put maybe sanctified. And we think, oh, maybe we're sanctified. But the maybe here actually means I am or exist. Sanctified, the verb here, is to be made holy or set apart. It's in the passive, set, uh, passive tense, which we talked about in a minute ago, which means we're receiving, right? We've received the action. And it's also in the perfect tense, which is like past. When a verb is in the perfect tense, it means that the action, listen to these words, the action of the verb is achieved, finished, and completed. So that's the word sanctify here. Jesus, and if all this tense stuff is like confusing and you don't care, that's fine. I find it fascinating, but you don't have to worry about a thing because the important thing to know is that Jesus is saying he would sanctify himself. He's the only one that could do that. He's the only one that could set himself apart and live and die and live again. We don't have to worry about that part because he did it. He's the only one who could. But he did that so that we can exist sanctified. And to me, that's like, that's the breath of air I needed. Because we do need to be set apart to be in a relationship with the holy God, right? So the fact that he did do it for us is awesome. Okay. Don't get me wrong. 
We can grow in wisdom, maturity, and grace. We just can't make ourselves perfect like that. God did that. We can grow. All right, moving on. Uh, where are we? Here we are. Okay, so let's keep reading. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word. That's us, right? Jesus is praying about the disciples and about us, that they may all be one. Even as you, Father, here we go with a bunch of the ends, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may know that you sent me. Did you hear all those ends? God is in Jesus. Jesus is in God, and we, too, are in God. Here's a picture. If, if I am in the laundry basket, can I lose the laundry basket? Nope because I am in it. I can't lose it, right? This is a great picture of where we are in God. We're in him. And guess what? He's in us too. Now, I'm going to say something, and um, some of you might think it's weird, but if the laundry basket were in me, could you reach in there and get it? No. Now, there may be a person who thinks, I could cut you open and get it out. I just want you to know I thought about you this morning, and I prayed for you. All right? So, no. Let's just go with the analogy. You cannot reach in and get it. All right? And I might pray for you later, too. The, <laughs> all right? So, God is in us, and we are in God. And nothing, absolutely nothing, can separate us from him but there's one more in that's going to tie this all up, and it's so super cool. Here we go. The glory which you have given me, I have given them. Remember, we start from glory. That they may be one just as we are one. He says it here again, just in case you missed it the first time. I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected in unity. There it is. That's the last in. So that the world may know that you sent me and love them, even as you have loved me. Because Jesus experienced the hammering, right? He understood we would need another nearly tangible thing for us to hold on to, to remember how much he so loves us. In these verses, Jesus shows us that in unity is, we, or we find three strong cords that absolutely bind us together. We have unity in God. God is unified with himself. We are unified with God, and we are perfected in unity together. And together, those three chords are not going to break. It's going to be a tie that binds. We're in this together. And can I say, take that, you spinning wheel of loneliness. You can't get me with that. All right, 
God wanted us to know that he is in us. He's not like Aladdin's genie in the lamp. Phenomenal cosmic powers. Itty bitty living space. All right, he is not like that. All right, he wanted us to know that he is nothing like the genie. But, let's go with the analogy here for a second. We are earthen vessels, aren't we? We have a surpassing greatness inside of us. But Jesus, and, and that surpassing greatness gives us value, no doubt. It gives us value. But Jesus wanted us to know that the value of the vessel did not end there. This mug, this mug is chipped, it's scratched, it's got stains on the inside. The picture on it is so faded, you can't see it anymore. Maybe, maybe I could get a quarter for it at a garage sale. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know anybody that would really want it. But what if I told you that this is one of my most valued possessions? It's one of my favorites. In fact, I said a prayer this morning as I set it down. <laughs> I prayed that I wouldn't break it. You may or you may not believe it, but if I told you that it was my dad's, if I told you that my dad was awesome and that he passed away about seven years ago, would you understand the value a little bit more? The value doesn't end. Our God is so awesome. It doesn't end by the fact that he's in us. The value of this vessel is who held it in his hands. Our value is found because God is holding us in his hands. And one more thing about my cup. Oh, just a, a while ago, we stopped putting it in the dishwasher, in that harsh, uncaring environment of the dishwasher and we began washing it by hand because it's just that valuable to me and isn't that the way we should treat one another as valuable fragile earthen vessels taking special care so it's not to to add to the chips and scratches but to keep it safe right Jesus wants, we, wants us to know that we are valuable because God is holding us in his hands and Aladdin's got nothing on him, right? So these are my three little words, so, from, and in. The moment you begin to feel anxious about anything or fear anything, you can remember that God so loved you. The moment you feel insecure and you think, I've blown it again, you look in the mirror and that's what you see. In that moment, you can remember that you are from glory. You are from God's good opinion. And the moment you feel alone, like nobody gets you or nobody cares or nobody sees you, oh, I hate when we feel that way, that nobody sees us. 
we can remember that God is in us, that, that he, that God is in us, and um, what? We can remember that God is in you, you are in him, and we are in unity together. And all of this, all of it, is so that the world will know that he so loved them. Let's pray real quick. Thank you. Heavenly Father, thank you. <laughs> Heavenly and earthly. <laughs> Father, thank you so much um, for this morning. Lord, I pray that with these three little words, God, um, I pray that we will bump into them a whole lot over the next week or so, God, and that we will be able to remember how much you love us, where we are from, Lord, and that you are in us. Thanks so much for being a God um, who understands the hammering. Thanks for giving us your life so that we may live it abundantly. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you.